From Upstate Medical University in Syracuse, New York, I'm Amber Smith. This is HealthLink on Air. A national clinical study that included patients and investigators from Upstate's Jocelyn Diabetes Center found that people with type 2 diabetes diagnosed as youths have a higher risk of developing complications at early ages and have a greater chance of developing multiple complications within 15 years after diagnosis. With me to help understand the results of this study is the principal investigator for the Jocelyn site, Dr. Ruth Weinstock. She's a distinguished service professor of medicine and the division chief of endocrinology, diabetes, and metabolism at Upstate. Welcome back to HealthLink on Air, Dr. Weinstock. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, I understand the findings from this study were published in the New England Journal of Medicine. What, what were the findings? Um, so this is really a landmark study. It was the first study of type 2 diabetes in individuals diagnosed as, as youth, adolescents, ages 10 to 17. Before this study, most people assumed that type 2 diabetes, no matter what age you developed it, uh, could be treated similarly and would have similar complications. Uh, unfortunately, that is not what we found. So in this study, we, meaning several sites across the country, um, but we were included in this um, and I was on the steering committee, we enrolled uh, almost 700 youth, that's between the ages of 10 and 17, who had recent onset type 2 diabetes. Now, the only medications at that time that were FDA approved for youth, because many of the medications that we use in adults are not approved for the pediatric population, was metformin and insulin. Um, and we wanted to see how well some of the adult medications worked in youth um, and also understand better the natural history of type 2 diabetes in youth. It was a very ethnically diverse population. Um, and the, these individuals were enrolled between 2004 and 2009. So uh, we have been following them for quite a while, some for up to 15 years. And what types of complications did you track? So we, we tracked all of the common complications that occur in adults. We tracked the development of hypertension, high blood pressure, abnormalities in lipids, which are cholesterol and triglyceride levels, the fats in the blood, uh, kidney involvement uh, from the diabetes, eye problems with their eyes from the diabetes, nerve problems, and also heart problems and stroke. So all the major complications that occur in adults. So is this showing you more that uh, diabetes type 2 is a different disease in children? So, yes. Yeah, so, unfortunately, it, it does behave differently when it is diagnosed at this young age. And, and it, it, it's really shocking and of great concern. Um, these young people have developed complications earlier and much more quickly. So, they're now in their 20s and the rates of complications are astounding. 68% had developed hypertension as of 2020. 52% um, over half had problems, uh, abnormalities in their lipid levels, the, the fats in their blood. 55% over half have kidney involvement already. Um, actually, one of our participants is on dialysis. He's in his 20s. Um, nerve problems have been found in at least a third. And the eye involvement uh, which can lead to blindness uh, if left untreated. The eye involvement is found in over half as well. 
so it, and, and we had six deaths, unfortunately, one of a heart attack. Again, these are young people, one of kidney failure, uh, drug overdose, and three of uh, sepsis. So people with diabetes are also more likely to get um, infections and have more difficulty fighting infections. In fact, you may know that with COVID, um, diabetes is a huge risk factor for a poor outcome with COVID. People with diabetes are more likely to be admitted to the hospital if they get infected with COVID, they're more likely to need to be intubated and unfortunately more likely to die. So we really also encourage all our patients with diabetes to, to get vaccinated. But so it, it's all very um, sobering. Well, with this study looking at youth onset type two diabetes being more difficult to control than if it's diagnosed in adulthood, what are the theories for why that is? I, I, I gather this study didn't really get into that, but do you have some ideas? So we are trying to figure that out. And of course, much more research will be needed. Um, there are a number of, of possibilities and possible contributing factors. It will probably be a combination of many of these because type two diabetes isn't really one disease and probably it's, it's multiple types of, of, of diabetes that we just don't know enough yet to be able to distinguish. Uh, there is a genetic substudy that is looking at whether there are genetic differences in those who develop some of these complications versus those who don't. Um, there are hormone surges during adolescence, during puberty, that uh, can make the diabetes more difficult to control and whether those hormonal changes that occurred during adolescence or contributing factor is still um, a definite possibility. Uh, there are other, there are psychosocial factors as well. So uh, how, um, so these individuals are adolescents and in terms of taking medication and um, following healthy lifestyle and um, not engaging in risky behavior, you know, that can be challenging sometimes during the adolescent years. The other things that we found is as these young people became young adults, you know, again, they started as youth, but now they're adults, young adults. Um, many don't have health insurance, particularly in states that didn't have expanded Medicaid. And they are much more likely not to have seen anyone for their diabetes in the past year to have much worse uh, blood sugar control and not to be taking their medications. So I think it's multifactorial. Uh, the other challenges are that we have some wonderful new medications being used in adults. They have not yet been FDA approved in children. Um, and we are participating actually in an additional clinical trial right now that is looking at uh, one of those class of medications in, in children, in youth, uh, to see if that uh, can help them better control their diabetes. So a number of the medications used in adults need to be tested in, in youth, and we are trying to, we are participating in other studies that are looking at that, but uh, it's a very complicated problem. And obviously we would love to be able to prevent type two diabetes. That, that's the most important thing, but we definitely need better treatments. Some of the, the treatments that were used in this trial uh, were, did not, so we, one of the things we found out is that in youth, they seem to lose the ability to secrete insulin, the hormone that you need to keep your blood sugars normal at a much faster rate than we see in adults who develop type two diabetes. And, and that we don't really know how to stop. And that, that has to be an area of research. 
This is Upstate's HealthLink on Air. I'm your host, Amber Smith, talking with Dr. Ruth Weinstock. She leads the Division of Endocrinology, Diabetes, and Metabolism at Upstate, and she's the 2021 President for Medicine and Science at the American Diabetes Association. Well, getting back to the treatments, I know the study kind of compared three treatment areas, and it mentions intensive lifestyle intervention. What, what was that? So that was a very intensive lifestyle intervention that was led actually by, at our site, by two of our psychologists, um, Dr. Ron Sletsky and Dr. Paul Atreef. And uh, it was based on behavioral science and it, it helped uh, teach individuals and their families about healthy eating, um, uh, physical activity. We offered free memberships to YMCA in, in, the, in collaboration with the Ys in our area. Uh, 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 taught them about a healthy lifestyle, helped read food labels, helped with grocery shopping, just um, helped dealing with stress and other issues that can affect one's lifestyle. And they met with them initially every week um, to really try to help them um, uh, improve their uh, nutritional status and physical activity. Uh, all of the individuals enrolled in this study, all the youth were obese. Uh, which is uh, commonly seen with type 2 diabetes. And many, many, it was very common for them to have family members and parents who also had diabetes. So this was a family-oriented um, lifestyle intervention. And despite the intensity of, of this intervention, um, we didn't see any significant differences between the individuals enrolled in that arm versus those who received the traditional education. So everybody received, of course, um, uh, advice and instruction and encouragement in terms of uh, uh, their eating, their diet, nutritional status, and, and physical activity. But one arm had this very intensive, we called her a pal, who actually you know, went sometimes even to the individual's homes to help them. And unfortunately, uh, that group, um, did not do any better than the others. So I think it just shows how difficult this is. Well, you yeah. already talked about some of the complications that were tracked, uh, but I wonder, did you see anything different in terms of complications in the, in the younger adults than you do in older people with type two diabetes? So the types of complications are the same, but adults, that is individuals who, are diagnosed with diabetes as adults, you know, middle-aged, older adults, they don't seem to develop the complications as quickly as, um, as the children. So what we see in adults is that many do unfortunately develop complications, but it takes many more years. It's much more gradual. And some of the medications appear to work better. So that's, um, so, for example, metformin, which is used in adults and works very well in many adults. Um, all of the children in this trial, all the youth were treated with metformin. That was a, a baseline that everybody uh, received. And uh, very quickly, half of them were not, it had poor mm -hmm. glycemic control on that, which we would not expect from the adult literature. Were you able to look at some of these participants and predict who would develop specific complications? Yeah, I mean, that's a, a great, great question. Um, 
So those who developed the complications, not surprisingly, had the worst blood sugar control. So okay. we have a blood test called hemoglobin A1C, and those with the highest A1Cs um, were at highest risk of developing the complications. The same thing with hypertension, those with hypertension, and that's been shown in the adult literature as well. So for example, both high blood sugars and high blood pressure are known to accelerate the development of kidney complications from diabetes, as an example. So those with the higher um, hemoglobin A1Cs, the higher blood pressure, um, the worst lipid profile, those, again, the fats, the cholesterol in the blood, um, and also those who of minority race and ethnicity were at the highest risk, unfortunately, of developing these complications. So it's really imperative to, to keep blood sugar under control and keep blood pressure normal. Yes, and, and in this trial, we focused on both um, not only blood sugar control, but also blood pressure control and the control of the lipids. So uh, all, all of those were addressed in this trial, but even so, um, the results, as I said, were um, very unfortunate. Well, have you altered the way you care for young people who are newly diagnosed based on these findings? So I think we need to be more aggressive in individuals who are newly diagnosed. Um, we are using some uh, medications that were not available when this study started in 2004 that are used in adults. Um, and again, we're trying to enroll some of these individuals in clinical trials so that we can uh, see if some of these adult medications that are not yet approved for children can help them um, and get FDA approval, assuming that the trials show that they're efficacious in this age group as they are in adults. But one cannot assume that the way diabetes is in adults is the same as in children. But I'd like to broaden that and say that everybody's diabetes is different, that we really need to individualize care. Because even in adults, there are some adults that respond to certain medications and not others. And someone who looks just like them might respond to a different medication. Uh, so type 2 diabetes is very heterogeneous. We need a lot more research to better understand really the various types of diabetes that we now include under the umbrella of the title of type 2 diabetes and better target treatments. And that is a big area of research now that I think is extremely important. It's called precision medicine, try, trying to better understand what the actual um, physiological or molecular or genetic problem is and target treatment for that individual. And it's going to be different across the lifespan and also in different individuals and different families. What do you say to families that have a youth who is newly diagnosed with type 2 diabetes about what is important for them to do or not do with someone who's newly diagnosed? Well, for anybody who's newly diagnosed with diabetes, regardless of the type of diabetes, we try to provide support, um, psychosocial support, uh, support in terms of uh, education, diabetes education. The more people understand the condition, the better they can help themselves, the whole family. So bringing the whole family in, we have wonderful dietitians and nurse educators. We have a whole team of individuals, social workers and others who can help people um, better understand uh, what they need to do in terms of lifestyle to try and stay healthy. And also we try to prescribe the best medication based on our current knowledge for them, 
teach them how to monitor their blood sugar levels. If whatever we start with isn't working, we switch to something else, you know, just and 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 hope. I mean, I think there's a lot of hope because there's a lot of wonderful research going on right now. Uh, and, and every year we have uh, more medications and, and more information to help people. So uh, hopefully, and also uh, new approaches to reduce complications. So there's some new, some drugs that have come out in the last few years that reduce uh, damage to kidneys, for example, from diabetes. So that I think there is a lot of hope and we just need to continue to work together and um, and try to find the best possible treatments for each person. Thank you to Dr. Ruth Weinstock. She's a distinguished service professor of medicine and the division chief of endocrinology, diabetes and metabolism at Upstate, and also the 2021 president for medicine and science at the American Diabetes Association. I'm Amber Smith for Upstate's podcast and radio talk show, HealthLink on Air.